And now we'll join together for our next hymn, Here I Am. Please be seated. Garfield the Cat is a cartoon filled with humor. Through Garfield's sarcastic wit, one cold night, Garfield looks out the window and sees Odie the dog peering through the window. Garfield thinks to himself, this is horrible. Here I am in the comfort of a warm house, well fed, and there is Odie outside begging to get in cold and hungry. I can't stand it anymore. I just can't stand it. So with that, he goes over to the window and closes the curtain. What kind of life do you desire? To act and to help Odie get some warmth and food? 
or to close the curtain. Dr. James Dobson tells about a friend of his, a specialist in obstetrics and gynecology. One day this friend telephoned another specialist in the same field and asked him for a favor. My wife is having some abdominal problems and she's in particular discomfort this afternoon. I don't want to treat my own wife and wondered if you could see her. The other specialist invited the doctor to bring his wife in for an examination right away. What he did discover was that she was five months pregnant. Her obstetrician husband was so busy caring for other patients that he hadn't even noticed that his own wife was pregnant. Have you ever noticed that some people are absolutely clueless about some very important things? One man said to his wife, said his wife didn't complain very often, but once they were having an old-fashioned heart-to-heart conversation, she said, Hun, you never listen to me. Every time I try to talk to you, you get this faraway look in your eyes after only a few seconds. Promise me that you can work on that. And he replied, uh-uh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Our brain can filter out a lot of sensory stimuli. We receive so much. We hear, we touch, we smell that for us to concentrate on something, our brain needs to be able to filter out a lot. The hum of the air conditioner, maybe the itchy sweater that we're wearing, the flickering light overhead. Now there's three types of information that are so important that they automatically get through our filter. It is things that are unique, things that we desire and value, and things that we find threatening. Jesus told a parable about the rich man that you heard today. The rich man was dressed in fine purple, 
lived in absolute luxury. The rich man's gate, there lay the beggar Lazarus, covered with sores, longing to even eat the scraps that fell from the table. He lay there day after day in misery. Dogs came and licked his sores. Every day when the rich man left his estate, he had to pass by Lazarus. Do you think he even paid any attention to Lazarus? I doubt it. His filter made it possible for him to ignore this poor man. Lazarus was nobody in this rich man's world. If he was noticed at all, it was probably as an object of disgust. It's interesting, though. Whose name do we know? Lazarus. The poor man Lazarus. We don't know the rich man's name. There came a time when the rich man did notice Lazarus. The time came when the beggar died, said Jesus, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died, said Jesus, but he didn't go to Abraham's side. Instead, he found himself in hell. From this realm of torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away. Then the rich man couldn't believe his eyes. There at Abraham's side was the poor beggar who had lain outside his gate. This man of no importance. This man of no consequence. But while the rich man languished, Lazarus was in glory. Now this is a parable, a story. We don't take this as a literal picture of heaven and hell. But in this parable, our rich man could look into heaven. He could call out to Abraham, Father Abraham, have pity on me, he cried. Send Lazarus to dip a tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. 
the rich man still didn't get it. He still thought that Lazarus should be serving him. He was absolutely clueless about the way of the kingdom of God. Abraham reminds the rich man that in this world, he had many nice things while Lazarus had none. And besides, he said, there is a chasm that cannot be bridged. In other words, it was too late for the rich man. His fate was sealed. He had turned his head away too many times in ignoring the beggar at the gate. The rich man still didn't get it. Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone from the dead comes. This is a powerful parable. Let me ask you a question. Are there people in your world that you don't even see? Needy people, hurting people, people who need your attention, some who only need to be seen and recognized. Actually, they're everywhere, aren't they? Maybe even within our own family, or next door, or in the next cubicle at work. They may not be covered with sores. There may be no dogs licking their wounds. But if you pay attention, you can see the hurt in their eyes. Have you ever been around a child who is starved for attention? They're on every playground. Some of them become quite a nuisance. If they don't get attention by positive means, then they'll work at getting negative attention and act out. Negative attention is better than no attention to a child.
their own family doesn't even see them. We had many children at school who had no adult who was up before they left for school. So there were always teachers there ready to welcome them, ready to show that they were glad to see them, that it was going to be a good day. People that knew them by name, I worked with some children who would come to my classroom to help out and to visit, who got into trouble everywhere else in the school. But they knew that they were treasured. They knew that they could succeed when they were helping in my classroom. They became the helpers, not the kids that were never quite good enough. Every child needs these experiences. But we know children are not the only ones that are starved for attention. Our filter, though, makes us not see them. They're not even on our radar. They don't provide us with what we desire. They can't serve our needs. So we don't see them as we walk by. It happens all the time. We're in a hurry. We've got places to go. We've got people to meet, goals to accomplish, like the gynecologist and the pregnant wife. We do not see what is right before our eyes. But love sees. That's the first thing we need to understand from this parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Love sees through the filter. The rich man passed this poor beggar every day and never really saw him until it was too late. You and I need to train our eyes to see those around us. Being sensitive to others is not something that comes naturally to most of us. It's something at which we can work. Love sees and love Acts. Not only did the rich man not even see Lazarus at his gates, there's no evidence that he ever did anything to help Lazarus' situation. All he did 
was turn a blind eye. Love sees and love acts. Love desires a better situation for the person who is hurting. And love heals. How often at a funeral have we seen people torn apart by guilt? They feel guilty, not because they ever said anything mean or abused the person, except maybe through neglect. I should have been there. I should have done this. I should have done that. I just didn't realize. How wonderful at such times it is to know that we did what we should have. We saw. We cared. We showed our love. There is healing in such knowledge. A preacher of the gospel, Fred Craddock, tells of a time when he and his wife had a guest to their house who was spending the night. As Fred read the paper, their guest played with the kids and taught them a new game. Fred thought to himself, How long has it been since I got home from work and got down on the floor and played with the kids and taught them a new game? He felt himself judged by his guests' actions. Following dinner, the guest said to Mrs. Craddock, I certainly appreciated the meal. That was just a wonderful meal. Fred tried to remember when it was that he had said to his wife following dinner that the meal was good. And he thought it had been years. And he felt judged again. The guest went out for a walk and came back in and said, Oh, those are nice folk next door. I met Mr. Young and his wife from Seoul. Very nice young couple. Fred says, Well, I had heard that some Koreans had moved in down there. But I didn't know. When he said their names, he felt judged again. Just a familiar pattern, says Fred Craddock. Come home, read the paper, eat supper. Then here comes someone new and everything looks different. And I think, where in the world have I been? Love sees, love acts, 
and love heals. We have no indication that the rich man was a bad man. He was just clueless. He didn't see. He didn't act. He probably spent eternity mumbling, where in the world have I been? How do you desire to live? Amen.